Welcome back to another episode of the Art MBS Podcast, the podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. I am your host, James Drills. We are recording once again, you guys, Broadway Studios, Fresno, California. We're holding it down in the West Coast. The sun's still up. Summer's starting to end. Autumn is here. So, Get those hoodies ready. Get those turtlenecks out in the Midwest. You guys got to get those gloves. Get that salt. You know that the, uh, you probably got, what, three more months, two more months, and then the salt trucks hit. Anyway, announcements. Art Hop, two weeks. Check it out. Running a sale on uh, portraits. Check it out. Running a sale on my big cartel. Check it out. And the Vatican's probably still running a frame sale if they have any frames left. You can check them out, Vatican Custom Framery, thevatican.com. We are out here doing it. So, what you guys been asking for, I always give it to you. I like to give the people what they want. You guys wanted the queens. You guys wanted more representation of these powerful women who are showing that they can bust down art and kick this BS with James as well. So we got this. I'm, 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 I'm here and I'm giving you guys what you want. So we're taking a twist this week um, and we'll get into it because last time we were into the fucking graffiti shit. You guys love that. Before that, we were in our installation grind. Before that, we were in our fine art and we're keeping these doors revolving. So without further ado, I would like to introduce the guest for episode I think it's 24 of the Art MBS podcast, Laura May Walker. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank hey. you for having me. Thank you for coming out, Laura. I appreciate the invite. I like what you're doing. We appreciate you coming. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And Laura came bearing gifts, and you know we appreciate gifts. We have this beautiful Dublin Blues Irish stout from the local brewery, Tioga Sequoia Brewing Co. And it's an Irish stout. So we're going to crack that before the episode ends, but you know how we like to get it in. I have my coffee. I got my boom, boom. So if you guys are at home, smoke it if you got it, drinking if you got it. We appreciate those at the workforce. Keep it busy at the cubicles. If you're an entrepreneur, keep that schedule filled. Shout outs to the people on Apple. Holding us down. Shout out to the Spotify listeners. The three niggas, the three niggas on Google. We see you guys. Hey, look, y'all, you guys. Hey, my Google audience. I, you guys, I, I, I feel you. I hear you. And somebody hit me up today and said, hey, James, how do I find the podcast on Google? I said, yo, boom, boom, boom. Hit him with the link. So we might have four cats on Google. Appreciate you guys. If you're on the web, thank you for listening. Feel free to uh, share this if you like it. And also, please leave a uh, five-star rating because that helps us with the podcast. Back to Laura. So, yes, Laura, we're going to get this kicking off. And a question I love to ask my guests is, what is your first memory of art? What is the first thing you've seen artistically in your life? Shit, first first artistic memory? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's... Okay, no, so, okay, so a long time ago, when, you know, artists were broadcast on TV, mm. you, you know, the Bob Ross <laughs> wave, so there was, uh, I don't know if it was on Nickelodeon, okay. or so, they were doing some segment where they had, like, a guest artist doing, okay. like, a live painting, Ooh. Uh, and they, and I remember they were painting a pelican, but it was something that you got to paint along with them. Okay. And so I remember being a kid, and I mean, I was always, I always had my coloring books. I always had paper out because I was always drawing, you know, cartoons uh, from TV. I was just was that always, like Eureka's Castle or something like that? It, it might have been. Okay. It was something. Uh, one of those network, one of those networks. Yeah, but, that uh, was a show on on Nickelodeon, and then it was like the castle, and then the the little queen, and then the little Muppet guys would come out. Yeah, right. Front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I think, I know one of those shows, they had something like that. But yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no. So, I mean, they're, you know, this person was just like, yeah, we're, you know, we're painting a pelican. Uh -huh. And, I mean, I was immediately interested in that. So, I just kind of picked up a brush mm -hmm. and just started, you know, painting along with this, like, TV, you know, broadcast of, like, how to paint a pelican. And I remember doing that and thinking that it was really cool to have someone 
kind of guiding you. Okay. Because, I mean, when I was a kid, I would just draw, you know, from cartoons. I would like, oh, how did they Okay, but wait, wait. Ho, 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 ho. Because I'm okay. wondering where you got this brush from. Where did you get this paintbrush at? <laughs> well, uh, it was probably some Crayola or Rose Art kit. I mean, like, when I was a I would just always get, you know, for Christmas and birthday gifts. Okay. I was always getting, like, reams of paper and mm. just little, like, art kits like oh, okay. acrylic sets or watercolor just okay. you know little little kid stuff yeah so i i mean i happen to have that in my my arsenal of crayons i had mm, a brush okay. so I, I started painting along with this like person on tv and yeah i think that might be like my first like i, I feel like real exposure to like doing okay artwork like that and mm. just try you know you know uh study your masters kind of Thought. Just right. watching, you know, the, oh, this person's on TV. They must know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So following along with that, that was, I think that was pretty eye-opening. And I haven't really thought about that until, you know, you brought it up now. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. That's <laughs> a long time ago. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Is to unlock these chambers in the artist's <laughs> mind for our listeners yeah. to enjoy. Definitely. Um, okay, so, bang. Uh, Pelican guy, you draw that. So then going through school, were you, talk about that and how that was, how, talk about your relationship with art growing up. Um, I mean, art is just, in general, I feel like it's been the most consistent thing in my life. You know, throughout school, if I, I mean, someone was lecturing, mm -hmm. trying to teach something, I was probably doodling or I was trying to... I don't know, translate what they were saying into something visual so I could remember in my notes. Mm. So I was constantly, you know, making things more visual for myself. Okay. And then, I mean, of course, just working with what I had, I had to be creative with it. And it, that turned into, like, you know, doodles and just little drawings and my own interpretations of what things meant, mm -hmm. you know? So just having that throughout school helped me stay on track. And then, of course, taking art classes and kind of growing, you know, with seeing seeing your peers kind of honing in on like, oh, I'm going to be an English, you know, writer. I'm going to be a math professor. I'm going to do this, do that. Um, I feel like art was just always in my head. I always knew there was going to be, if not an art teacher, I was going to be doing like illustration or architecture or just mm. something, you know, something really visual, something tangible that I could just, you know, get my hands on and like make art. I, I feel like that was just always there for me. So okay. anytime it came down to like, okay, what's your major going to be? Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, are you going to do history? Are you going to this, do that? It was like, no, I'm, I'm just going to focus on artwork. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep wow. drawing. I'm going to keep painting. I'm just going to keep doing that. Mm. And it stuck with me. So I got through, you know, my AA. I have my AA in two-dimensional art. Mm -hmm. So drawing and painting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I just kind of, I stopped with that. Maybe one day I'll go back in, maybe hit, do a business class or two to kind of get the economics of things. Okay. But yeah, it's just, it's just always been there. That's so hard. I'm just kind of rolling with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, uh, people's journey through art. Everyone has like these different lily pads that they need to go across. So mm -hmm. I always try to see you know how that works out now does the artistic gene run in your family uh i think it does well i mean yeah I, it does for sure um i know on uh, my dad's side of the family mm -hmm. uh, we were just celebrating in my grandpa's birthday maybe last week mm -hmm. uh, we were just over there and my grandpa was pulling out old pictures and there were some old portraits um obviously back then like they weren't color portraits mm -hmm. but they were color mm -hmm. and so I was asking my aunt about that and she was just like oh no that was you know your great-grandmother hated black and white she would go in with her like pastels or her her pencils whatever she had and she would colorize old mm. photos so somewhere in that side of the family there's like an archive of these old photographs wow. that you know were black and white that had been hand colored in by wow. different family members Wow. So, you know, it's just one of those things, like, mm -hmm. there's stuff like that, and then I know, uh, what, on my mom's side of the family, I have a, you know, an aunt that's just always been really crafty. She's always been very hands-on, like, sewing, uh, making jewelry, just mm -hmm. kind of, you know, doing pop-ups and mm -hmm. being involved in uh, craft circles. Mm -hmm. So, 
yeah, I'd, I'd say it runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's hard to pinpoint everybody it may kind of run through, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely yeah, there. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. there's something in that. Yeah, that's that's tight. So artistically, um, what mediums are you gravitating towards at this current point in your practice? Like um, in your free time, because we'll get to your profession in a second. Sure. Yeah. Uh, free time. Uh, more. You know, more recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been uh, doing origami, mm. so still, you know, hands-on paper kind of stuff. Um, and if it's, not, I mean, not origami, then I feel like I always go back to oil painting. Okay. I feel like that's kind of been my uh, my realm. That's kind of where my head has been at, is, yeah, oil paints and then doing origami. So, You know, I yeah, have two questions. I, okay, shit. Okay, so let's do the first one. All right, let's do the first question. So I want, okay, so origami, what are some of your favorite things to create? Uh, So right now, Mm. uh, I've been making uh, vulvas. I've been making, Mm. I've been, well, I learned a fold, multiple folds to make vulvas and more, you know, more erotic Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, structures. And um, just kind of modifying that to make them look more realistic without yeah. crossing that boundary, right. you know, because I still want it to be, you know, origami. Like, I want you to know Facts. that it's paper and that it's folded and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. So okay. I, I think so far that's been one of my favorite. It's okay. just working with that. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So it's, it's nice. been pretty cool. It's really fun uh, seeking out different papers for their texture Ooh. and for their colors to see what kind of patterns would work with what fold. Wow. So kind of getting into all of that detail is also mm-hmm. taking my head mm-hmm. in a different direction. Now have you got really into fun. like hand dyeing your own paper and stuff like that and all that <laughs> like crafty stuff? Uh, so maybe one time we kind of, uh, I say we, like me and my boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, he was doing a project where he, what, I think he was making uh, CD cases. Okay. But he wanted to make make them out of his own paper that he made himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was an, an opportunity for us to kind of experiment with making our own paper from just recycled anything and dyeing it and drying it and doing all that kind of stuff. But mm. uh, it came out horrible, but it was still, the experience was really cool. Right, you learned. You, yeah, we yeah. definitely learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing about art, yeah. yeah. So my next question is why oil paint? Why, why do you choose that medium? Um, for multiple reasons. I mean, one, um, I really, I have a hard time planning out my palettes. I'll, I'll have an idea, like if I'm limiting myself at all, um, I'll, you know, want to pick, you know, like three colors. Okay. Um, but I like mixing on the canvas. Okay. I really like to see where the piece is going when I'm in it. Okay. It's harder for me to, you know, step back and plan it out beforehand okay. and like mix colors first and then just stick to that, Okay. you know, specific mixture. I mm-hmm. like to take it to the canvas, see what it looks like. And if I like it, keep going. If I don't like it, I can change it on the fly. I can mm-hmm. just kind of see what it evolves into and just enjoy the process mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, and then, I mean, just the texture, I'm a very visual tactile person. So okay. The feeling of just like pushing paint around mm-hmm. makes me feel better. Yeah. So if there's if there's ever a moment where I'm like I need to paint, mm-hmm. I may not even have anything in my head. I need to visually see. Right. I don't need to get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. It's just the physical act of like, you know, mixing the oil, getting that consistency, yeah. feeling the brush. Is it a clean brush? Is it dirty? Mm-hmm. What kind of canvas am I working on? Like just that yeah. feeling. Yeah. I I could just get lost in that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think. I think those are maybe the two biggest draws to oil painting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's a great yeah, response. It's... And, you know, I like to ask that question uh, because as an oil painter myself, you know, mm-hmm. t- removing myself out of that equation and, and hearing another artist and what they feel is important and what they get out of this medium, I feel yeah. is, is super important for our audience, you know, because it's not only about James and what he thinks is the coolest or the best thing to paint with. It's yeah. about these, these artists. And so it's like, huh, why, what, you know, why, why are you using oil? And you're like, look, so, yeah. and, and, and you know, and I agree, like you're, you're preaching to the choir, you know, so <laughs> I, I hope that you're preaching to the choir. So yeah. I told you, I get it. 
No, that's cool. Like um, I was saying earlier, I mean, I like what you're doing with you know this platform and just kind of mm -hmm. reaching out, connecting to different people, different mm -hmm. backgrounds, yeah. and seeing where we all kind of meet in the middle is just mm -hmm. a really cool concept. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about artists is a lot of times, you know, I, I say that um, we spend a lot of times in our heads, you know, because we're cool, we're creating art and it's just you and whatever your canvas or your paper is, mm -hmm. so you get detached from like from reality and the fact that like people really feel the same way about things that you do the people have the same ups and downs and struggles like we all go through the same things mm -hmm. you know so being able to sit down allow people to talk about you know what they bring to the artistic you know platform and marketplace and just the things that they've experienced it just helps i think everyone because there are some people who just love art and they listen to this podcast because they love art. And there are some people who, you know, they may do art, but they're in a slump or something like that. And, you know, these episodes may help them to get out of that and to get back in because different people connect with different artists. And that's sure. what I found making these, you know, these podcasts, you know, we're 20, you know, four episodes in and it's like, you know, 20, 23 episodes in, 20, yeah, I think this is episode 24, actually, yeah, <laughs> so, um, uh, but it's like, what I found is, you know, you, I've made all of these episodes, and people will reach out to me on different ones, like, hey, I like this one, or hey, I connected with that person, or hey, I connected with this particular artist, yeah. and it's always, uh, you know, or they'll laugh, you know, and it's, it's, you know, I, it's, uh, you, I get a lot of fulfillment out of people laughing at the podcast, because it's, it's entertainment, we want people to mm -hmm. learn, but we also want them to be entertained, you know, so that's, yeah. that's like a thing, too, uh, you know, so it, it's, it, and it's really organic. I can't script it, you know, even yeah. though I talk about things, I'll say, hey, you know, I'm going to get this guest and then that, that guest will magically appear, you yeah. know, a few, <laughs> a few episodes later. Um, I can't script this stuff. It would be a lot cooler if I did, but it's really organic in that, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, so now that we've kind of got a little bit, you know, of your past you know on the on the tape can we talk about your daily practice and what does your day look like because I know that pretty much every day you're making art um, so can you talk about you know what you know a typical like let's say a typical Tuesday would, would look like for you? <laughs> fantastic now two so it's funny because Tuesdays are my Mondays okay. and that's kind of how I've structured you know my day-to-day -day. Mm -hmm. um, so a typical Tuesday uh, I mean, I go through my emails. I make sure I'm caught up, you know, with responding to people. Mm -hmm. uh, I look and see what kind of clients I have that day okay. and make sure I have the drawings prepared for them. Um, I mean, prepared enough to where I know I could tattoo it. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I, I usually don't have the full image done before they come in. It usually just kind of turns into what I make it, you know, while mm -hmm. I'm making it. Um, but yeah, if I, if I don't have any tattoo clients, I'm trying to schedule people in to do their consultations. Right. And that's kind of when we map everything out and I start getting, you know, start getting references together, start getting my ideas, start, you know, figuring out colors, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, it's really, I've been trying to put myself in a place where I'm doing more work for myself. Because every tattoo is a commission. It's mm -hmm. always for the client. It's mm -hmm. always for someone else. Yep. So I'm trying to put myself in the mindset where I need to do something for me as well. Mm. For my, I think for my abilities to really show through. Mm. I need okay. to be doing st more stuff that I want to be doing. Okay. And more stuff that I want to be putting out there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work on more flash pieces. Uh, so just coming up with different themes and just kind of making that my only boundary okay. is, okay, stick within this theme, okay, make an image based off of that theme. Mm. And then, okay, now make 10 more of those images, okay. but different. Got so you. kind of making different, uh, I, don't, I don't really know how to describe it. Because you're making flash sheets, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So just making sure there's enough variety in each one, mm -hmm. but still conceptually it makes sense right. as like a whole. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's kind of where my, my head is day-to-day mm -hmm. -day. if it's not with clients and emails and all the business side uh -huh. it's making sure I'm creating something for me and okay. stuff that I want to see out in the world mm -hmm. so that gets kind of kind of uh, frustrating sometimes mm. <laughs> if it doesn't work out the way I want it okay. to but um, 
still pushing for it. I guess that's all that's all I can really do is push for it. <laughs> Try it. So, okay. How long have you been doing tattoos? Uh, it's been about five and a half years with the shop I'm at now. Okay. Maybe a little over six in six months. Five and a half years. We'll say five and a half years. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, uh, with apprenticing and just kind of being, you know, in the environment, it was maybe three or four years before that. Mm. So I'm probably right around nine from the first time I ever did a tattoo to where I am now. Probably about nine years. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's kind of a long yeah. answer. <laughs> For real, yeah, she's almost yeah. at that 10 year mark. Uh, yep. I try to take it seriously, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well I mean like <laughs> yeah. I would, I, I feel like you do, like, you know, I always, I'll open up Instagram and you'll be hustling. Yo, I got, you know, a slide woo, you know, hey, that's yeah. next coming week, and then next thing you know, it's all, I'm all booked up. Hey, everybody, hey, thanks, everybody. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, oh, shit, that was like three hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you have, it's weird because you, you have to stay on top of that, and as much as you, I mean, when you're, you're doing tattooing and you're kind of like your own business and you mm -hmm. want to, you know, make your own schedule and do everything whenever you want, however mm -hmm. you want, you still have to make yourself available to people. Mm. Otherwise, you're not going to get those commissions. You're not, right. you know, you still have to, you have to have that, make that time mm -hmm. for them and stick with it. And so it's good to put myself out there and just like, hey, this is what I have. If it works for you, that's great. If not, we got to plan something out yep. later. So, Maybe. yeah. That's the perk of being busy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the things you can't complain about, mm -hmm. but you kind of complain about because mm -hmm. when you're in it, and you're so, like I was saying, you're, we're so in our heads all mm -hmm. the time, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah. But um, when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, it's like, can't complain. Mm -hmm. you got to keep people coming in the door. You've got to keep people happy and keep just keep making art just keep Facts. doing something yeah 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 and that that's the thing about art you know is momentum is that is a very big thing you mm -hmm. know and keeping that momentum um so moving moving forward i wanted to talk about you came in here with a motorcycle helmet <laughs> yes okay so yes. it's safe to say that you are into motorcycles can you talk a little bit about your love for motorcycles and how it started um sure I mean I I've always liked motorcycles I mean when I was a kid just kind of being fascinated with I mean that was like a big kid bike you know mm -hmm. <laughs> going from like training wheels to like oh but that one's on the road what is that what is that person doing why do they have to you know wear a helmet what are they like what's going on mm -hmm. uh so I always just been interested in that um uh, my dad used to have old motorcycles mm. he was never in like a biker gang or anything you know it was, mm. it was more of necessity for him when he was younger okay. he was always kind of working with you know small engines him and his dad used to work on cars and, okay you know do that whole thing so they've just kind of always been around mm -hmm. um and then of course being you know into art looking at the the artwork side of mm. customizing bikes and the painting and you know, pinstriping and all that kind of stuff is just yeah. a whole, it's its own culture, it's its own world. Uh, kind of fell in love with all of that. And several, more than several years ago, I told myself by the time I was 30, uh -huh. I either had to be over motorcycles, like been there, done that mm -hmm. kind of thing about it, or I needed to have my license, have a bike and figure it out. And so, you know, I got to 29, and my birthday was like two months away and I was like, well, I've got to do it. So I, I bit the bullet and kind of took a class, uh, went and got my license, got a bike, and I've just been kind of teaching myself ever since. Okay, and so what been, kind of bike really do you have? Cool. It's, a, it's a little baby, it's a Yamaha 250. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, a, it's a very very just basic beginner bike. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's been great. Mm -hmm. Kind of terrifying, but okay. it's great. <laughs> So, so we, and you know, we have, we have gear as motorheads who are, who listen to this podcast. So what would you say, you know, with your love for that particular culture and, mm -hmm. and things of that nature, what would you say are your three favorite bikes that you've, like, if you had to, if, 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 if like <laughs> money was not an option, you could have three bikes. What three oh bikes God. would those be? So, okay. I'm, I'm horrible with 
with the names. I okay. Don't, you know, I'm, I'm not really big on brands okay. or anything, but I really, I'm just really into choppers. If I, if money wasn't an object, mm-hmm. I would have three choppers custom built, mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> you know, okay. like from the ground up kind of thing. Like yeah. I I would like to, to know that I can like source, you know, different pieces from different people, mm-hmm. you know, talk to different, you know, welders, just talk to all the, you know, different builders uh-huh. and just kind of get like Frankenstein's, you know, put have them together. and like just a tattoo machine. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get some, get some cool uh, decor on like the tank and everything, make mm-hmm. it look like like a flashy, you know, Ed Hardy piece or something. <laughs> get all the sparkles on there. Get a big old eagle on it. But um, yeah, I mean, if money was no object, yeah, that would that would be great. Just okay. have custom built everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. I think I might be too scared to ride them, but <laughs> that would that I'm would like, be okay, ideal. I'm gonna I'm gonna chill with the Yamaha and just <laughs> let these things, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if I if I scrape, you know, the little Yamaha, it's not a big deal. But you know, try to get a nice paint job. I'd be scared to touch it. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah. So I mean, it would it'd be cool to to know more specific, you know, brands and builders Mm -hmm. and what type of modifications and all of that. I I just haven't you know got to that point yet. Right. Right. It's still all a learning process, and that's yep. kind of that's kind of my my draw towards it. Mm-hmm. You know, now now that I have one, I'm like, okay, well, I need to know how it works. Yeah. I need to know, okay, what could I customize? What mm. shouldn't I customize? And just all those little bits and pieces yep. coming together is what keeps it interesting. Mm-hmm. So definitely. That's, yeah. Yeah. That. It, once you get in, then it's like, okay, now there's this whole world you know, that's open to me that I can learn about. And, and, you know, motorcycles is a big, that's a big, deep dive. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it can For be sure. expensive. It's, I mean, I, I definitely need to keep it in my my hobby category mm-hmm. of life because <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like just art, you know, and tattooing and all the lot uh. needs to kind of take, uh, I don't know, I guess priority because mm-hmm. it's what I do for a living. I can't make a living off of riding a motorcycle so unfortunately now, <laughs> <laughs> so when you're going on your trips like to the beach and stuff like that are you taking your motorcycle out there or are you driving or how's that going not yet I've, I've just been you know just in my car okay um i mean, with the motorcycle i i got it it was a crazy deal through mm. craigslist mm. uh some kid he had it uh well so his dad bought him the motorcycle it's okay. a it's a 20 uh it's a 2008 so his dad bought it for him. He took the motorcycle class, uh-huh. and the class that you that you take it's through Harley. Okay. Uh, they provide you with a learner like Harley Davidson motorcycle, and it's a bigger one mm. than this Yamaha is. Wow. So they they teach you on like five hundred cc bikes okay. in that class. So he took that class, fell in love with that motorcycle, and decided the one his dad bought him was not enough power mm-hmm. <laughs> so he let it i mean so it just kind of sat in his garage mm-hmm. and him and his dad they're like all into bikes yeah okay, <laughs> they uh, uh they ended up getting new bikes together and that one just sat in the garage um and when i came along you know six years later i came and i bought it from them it's still everything was stock so mm-hmm. the tires are still from 2008 it's wow. really so i was comfortable enough learning on it but I wasn't comfortable enough taking it out anywhere okay um and I maybe three weeks ago I just got new tires for it just learned how to change the oil just you know maintenance yeah stuff so now I think I'm more geared up to take longer trips and go explore and go kind of do that kind of stuff without freaking out about a blowout or whatever (laughs) so so yeah eventually one day I'll I'll take more you know beach trips Mm. riding it do some camping with it but Right now, it's still my little Toyota is getting mm. me around. <laughs> yeah, nice, yeah, nice. yeah. So, when did you decide that you were going to go into the field of being a professional tattoo artist? Like, how did that decision come about? Uh, I mean, tattooing in general just kind of came about because it was a different medium for me to try. I, oh. I mean, like I said, I, I've always been drawing and painting. I've just mm. always been kind of experimenting with different stuff. Like now, with the origami, you know, kind of getting into all of that tattooing was something that I hadn't tried before I knew there was you know a culture around that Mm -hmm. um 
And so I, I was just uh, really curiosity. So I went and tried it and kind of just fell in love with it, fell in mm-hmm. love with the process, fell in love with, you know, the little machine itself. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that even if I couldn't physically tattoo for whatever reason, there's still artwork that, need, you know, that I could be doing. There's right. still people I could be meeting. There's still conventions. There's still mm-hmm. this whole life to it beyond mm-hmm. physically tattooing that I could still mm-hmm. be involved with. And, uh, I mean, I, I was just finishing my AA degree uh-huh. when it kind of came up. And so I was getting ready to, you know, be done with school and was already at a point where I needed to, well, I felt like I needed to pick a career and kind of pick something that was going to be more lucrative. Mm-hmm. And tattooing just kind of fell into place with that because, again, it's, it's commission work. You're getting clients. You're building up, you know, that reputation. And I, I told myself to just stick with it. So I've been sticking with it, and so far I think it's going. It's going okay. It's yeah. <laughs> it's doing what I need it to be doing. Right. So I'm just rolling with it. And like you said earlier, that momentum mm-hmm. is important. I'm just trying to ride ride that wave and just keep keep pushing through it. Mm-hmm. So Dang yeah, it. yeah, that's that's very interesting. So what type of music do you listen to uh, when you're making art, or just at just outside of? You know, like, what's your daily, you know, playlist? <laughs> it's a really, really mixed bag. Mm-hmm. I I think more recently, so at the shop, we'll just kind of have, you know, Spotify or Pandora just going on stations and stuff. Uh-huh. I've been doing a lot of Clams Casino. Okay. Uh, just kind of getting more... Um, more instrumental mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, it makes like And... Beats. What's that? He makes Thai beats. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've just been really into that. And I know, on, like, Clams Casino comes on, and then, like, Baths will come on. Uh, so, again, just more instrumental kind of mashup kind of okay. things. That's, that set more of the vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps me concentrate. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I don't get hung up on lyrics or trying to, like, sing yeah. along with something or, right. you know, getting distracted. So I think that's been more of where, where I've been mm-hmm. when I'm creating things. Okay. And uh, day to day, it, it could be anything. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I listen to, I, I mean, a lot of like old rock, like Led Zeppelin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> doing that whole thing. Um, yeah. And then other days, I, I'll just, all I want is Beyonce and mm. Cardi B. And like, <laughs> just really loud, you know, over the top, just really loud, fun, you know, stuff with... <laughs> You well, know, we gotta go from rock to ratchet. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I feel like you you have like to have it. that balance. Uh, yeah, you know, no, for and sure. because again, you get so inside of your head. Mm-hmm. You you kind of you know if I feel like if I latch on to one thing for too long, mm-hmm. you go crazy. Like yeah. you have to you have to throw something in there. You gotta you know you gotta mix it up a little bit, and yeah, again, put your feelers out there and at least try it, even if mm-hmm. you think you're not gonna like it. Yeah. Just put it on and see what happens, and then it goes from there. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting that, to hear. You know, for myself, I find that I listen to different types of music in different stages of the painting. So, like okay. in the beginning, I can listen to like rap and stuff like that, and then like there's this middle section where it I need something like like something really up tempo some electronic music and Mm -hmm. then in the finishing stages i'll like jazz or some classical to like get me in that all right we're home stretch yeah yeah. home stretch all right you know get that get that mode dude yeah you know slow it down to get it there you know because it's like if you slow down and you pay attention you won't mess it up you know so Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of how that works but yeah you know and different artists it's funny because hearing you say that and then talking to different people everyone has like a different working practice but it's whatever is effective for you you know but I also found a commonality in what you just said is like how you said the uh, you said I can't get caught up in all the words and singing lyrics while I'm creating art so Mm -hmm. I listen to something that gets me in the groove right? right so it's like I find that that's a lot of times what artists like do or so you know they'll put on music that doesn't have words or they'll put on like Netflix or something to it but they're not yeah. watching but they're working you know mm-hmm. so they can't get you know it's not getting caught up in whatever that really is just just something to keep the tempo going so it's, it's 
interesting how we all, you know, have that same um, fuel to keep us, you yeah. know, painting and stuff. Yeah. Um, so what's yes. your diet like? Are you a vegetarian? You eat everything? <laughs> what's, what's, what's happening? Uh, so I say vegetarian just because that's a really easy, easy way to just explain it you know if people ask about it or you know if why aren't you, why aren't you way eating to say it yeah. if say whatever the because people listening they it's, know they so whatever the fanciest <laughs> way you could say it say sure it. yeah i'm yeah. so vegetarian uh but i mean i'll still i can't give up eggs okay i mean scrambled eggs in the morning sure cheat like an omelet that's my like go-to mm -hmm. um but then there's, you know, some people that are vegetarian out there who say that that's not technically vegetarian mm. because it's still, you know, they, you know, they'll consider it meat and stuff. Um, you and know, I mean, I've, I've had a... But then where does the, where does the line differ between that type of vegetarian and a vegan? Well, and, and see, vegan, I mean, from what I understand, if you're like strict vegan, mm -hmm. you're not eating honey, you're watching out for... Um, like like regular like sugar like uh -huh. white sugar yeah you're you don't purchase anything made from leather you mm -hmm. don't you know you're like sure. it's not just what you're consuming it's what you're using it's yeah your it's a lifestyle right yeah yeah um so i i definitely can't claim to be vegan yeah no 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 we're just speaking on the topic of like because for me i wonder like it, you said like people would say I'm not a vegetarian because I eat eggs and my 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 question to that was was isn't that vegan like that's some vegan shit because it's like I mean like or maybe yeah. I'm wrong okay, because yeah. it's like vegan is whatever comes from an animal you you submitted that vegan is a lifestyle I agree with that however um I would like to to resubmit that and I don't know cuz there's a and you guys let us know but <laughs> yeah. I would feel like vegetarian would be not eating meat in general and then the next level of that is vegan where you're not eating anything that comes from the animal i feel like there's yeah. there's levels okay, to yeah. the game so like as far as being a vegetarian on paper you may hit those sliders i don't I, know i would <laughs> think so i would think so though. sure yeah and, so, and i i feel like again that's that's why it's easier to say vegetarian mm -hmm. because I, I mean, I just don't know what else to call a vegetarian that still eats eggs. Okay, but what honey, else do you eat, though? Do you eat, do you eat fish? I've, I've had a few bites of fish here okay. and there. I mean, right. it's so overall, this, okay. like, the vegetarian Okay, okay, well, life. what about steak? No. Okay, see, no. okay. So I what about miss pork? it. No. Okay, no. see? So yeah. what about, um, so, like, lamb? Would you eat lamb? No. See? So these are... It has see? a face. Right. I feel like, yeah, that's kind yeah. of where... I mean, if, if it has eyes, it has brain, uh -huh. it has a face. Yeah. I'm not... I just don't want to consume that. Sure. And, yeah. So, yeah. so that's... I that's mean, we're I checking the sliders That's my... Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just need to check the sliders. Yeah. You know, that's my whole thing is, like, that's I'm fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and so I feel like that So what about dinner? All, what's a dinner look like? Like, what's a cold-blooded dinner look like? I'm So I really just like really simple dishes. So okay. putting... So I, I make these, like, they're just like foil packets. Roll up some foil, get some, you know, chop up some potatoes, mm. broccoli, green beans, onion, whatever. Just throw it all in this foil packet. Mm. Butter, garlic, salt, and pepper. Mm -hmm. And then call it a day. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> just, yeah. 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 Just really dense vegetables baked. Mm -hmm. Slather it with butter and you're good. Mm -hmm. That's So where's your protein coming from? Uh really just it's all, you know, veggie protein. Mm. I mean lentil, you know, lentil Ooh. stuff like black beans. Ooh. Um I eat a lot of mushrooms. Mm. That's kind of a, a thing. Okay. Um the and a lot of the like the alternative like meats that they have out there. Uh -huh. Um they're full of, you know, protein. Oh, so you There's, get down on those. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, not so much soy, but all the other stuff. There's, it's a whole other world out there. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I try to keep up with that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, I like it's to. It's interesting. And you know what, and I'm asking you these, these, these food and culinary questions because people enjoy hearing this type of stuff. You know, I've had Adriana, who's uh, one of our neighbors, down oh, yeah. the hall on, <laughs> and she is like, every time she comes on, it's like, 
she's just kicking this food knowledge like boom 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 so uh you know i'm like i you know i i know that your 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 diet is more on the healthy side so i wanted to open up that you know oh, that yeah. pandora's <laughs> box so we can kind of talk a little bit well and it's that. nice that you think it's healthy that's <laughs> that's great well, I mean, it's not eating pork chops every day. That's, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that. that's true. So, you know, there's that. And, you know, and I don't want to, don't think those who are, you know, lovers of pork chops and the swine, I'm not, you know, uh, taking shots at you guys. I am, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, we just want to see what our guests, you know, what their cooking skills are like, what their, what their uh, you know, the menu's talking about. <laughs> Once again, thank you for this Irish stout. Very oh, good. good. It reminds me of you know uh, it has like the Guinness sort of vibe to it. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's quite as thick, but mm -hmm. it has that that taste to it. So I'm enjoying it. There's no marble inside. Nope. So yeah, <laughs> that's that. Shout out to Tioga Sequoia. I'm a, I'm a holler, y'all. Send a case to this place if you're interested in being a sponsor for the Art and BS podcast. If you're listening, Tioga Sequoia, holler. At me. So definitely. Okay, <clears throat> so back to. The art and the BS. So, we've covered music, we've covered food, we've covered your roots in art, tattooing. So, here's my question for you. If you could sit, hang out, and play shit, I don't know, Uno, with, <laughs> you know, three other, like, artists or, you know, artists of, you know, I like to, typically I, I traditionally use the craft of whatever the guest is in but we'll open it up mm -hmm. and open up the general field to all artists and not just visual artists so if you could sit down and play uno with three artists who would they be <laughs> man yeah and that's and that's funny because then you have to define artists mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah for what sure is an artist? well because um, usually yeah for sure yeah. well and then that's why i said like typically i'm thinking visual artists uh -huh. you know so people would say you know whatever their you know favorite you know fan art or illustrator or oil painter right, you know something like right. that but then some people when I ask that question they would be like Tupac and then so I was sure. just like okay <laughs> then now I'm, we have to open up this field to yeah. everyone yeah um, so. I mean the first the first person that comes to mind uh -huh. uh, is another tattoo artist and uh, he has a really strong, you know, foundation and background in, you know, oil painting and all of that, too. Mm. Uh, he goes by Gunner. Okay. Uh, so, I think his tag on Instagram is Art of Gunner. Okay. Um, but I, he would definitely be one that's, like, the first person I could think of. Uh, another person is, uh, she's another tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. uh, she goes by Grace Neutral. Mm. Uh, she would be really cool to sit down with, I, I would think. Her name is uh, hard. Yeah. Grace <laughs> she's, Neutral, that's hard. Yeah, she's, yeah, she is. She's amazing. Um, um, a third one. I guess if it could be any. Uh, there's another artist. Uh, her name is Amy... Cornwell or Cromwell? Cornwell, I believe. I was getting mixed up. Okay. Uh, she's from the UK also, mm. but she's she's very into um, plants and, you know, natural medicine and just all that kind of stuff. Mm. She just has a, a really interesting personality that I'd like mm. to sit around and play a game of cards with and see, like a botanical <laughs> see what baroness. comes out. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> see what comes out when you start putting you know, competition into the mix. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure, yeah, because it gets, it gets heat. You play mm -hmm. some Monopoly with people, the real per personality exactly. comes out. Like, yeah. you, you're not so nice now, huh? Right, yeah. <laughs> you owe me all that money for lending on Park Place. We're <laughs> yeah. not friends anymore. <laughs> We're not on that level anymore, guys. <laughs> Start turning it into this money thing, oh, and man. it all goes downhill. Good stuff. But, yeah, that, that'd be interesting to see, mm -hmm. see what comes out of that. So where are some of the places that you've been to for tattoo conventions? Um, I haven't really gone that far. I've gone uh, to like Cow Palace, um, and that was years ago. It was when I was still technically like apprenticing. Okay. Uh, I went there to go um, basically just help out at the booth mm. uh, and just kind of see, you know, artists there. Uh -huh. um, of course, the Fresno Convention, that one comes through all the time. Mm -hmm. And there was another one down south. I don't think it was white in LA I don't remember what it was but it's the one that uh, Travis Barker puts on okay every year 
So, uh, yeah, my I, my boyfriend actually uh, surprised me with tickets to that mm. convention one time, and was nice. like, all right, yeah, well, we're going, because uh, we were able to, because they mix it up with, like, a concert as well. So, wow. um, this particular one, um, Glassjaw was playing. It was, like, Glassjaw and The Used, and then a, a multiple other ones, but those were, like, the two bands that mm. I was more excited to see. Okay. So, Yeah. It would be cool to go to a, a UK convention. Those are like the big, you know, world-renowned yeah. kind of places where all everybody, anybody who's anybody mm-hmm. is there. You get to see them work and yeah. have a chance to talk to them. And, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I would encourage you to do if you're going to go to, you know, any convention overseas is get your shots. Yeah. Because we've had three <laughs> guests on here and, and none of them got their shots. Oh. Right? None of them. No. <laughs> Shout outs to all oh, of the no. guests <laughs> Who did get that shot? Yeah, they, they talked about it. Yeah, for I'm sure. And here. they have hilarious stories. Like, oh my in God. connections. Oh, every episode, the people who didn't get their shots, there's a hilarious story oh on that gosh. episode about them not getting their shots. So, <laughs> that yeah. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I, I hate getting shot, I hate, I hate shots, mm-hmm. injections, all that stuff. No. But the I feel like, yeah, I feel like that would be, I would need that. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm glad you guys are alive and you're here to tell funny stories about it because, mm-hmm. So, while we're on the topic of conventions, outside of, you know, the one you just named, what are two conventions that you would really like to get to? Um, I mean, really, just any any of the ones that are in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't have a specific, you know, list of which ones. Mm-hmm. I just know any of them over there would, would be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. That would kind of be... Uh, I guess like a bucket list kind of trip okay. just to be to go see one of those conventions okay. just to be in that environment even you know even if I didn't get anything you know get a tattoo or get artwork or whatever just mm-hmm. to experience that and just to be a witness to it face to face instead of seeing YouTube clips or you know highlights right. from people's stories yeah, it, sure. it'd be nice to so yeah. now how does that work when you go to a tattoo convention can you actually mm-hmm. Why, like, what's the most you can watch one of these, you know, elite tattoo artists work? Can you actually, because it seems like, it, you know, do you have to get tattooed to see it? Or can you, like, stand over there for 10 minutes and just see how they do it? Or how does that work out? I mean, I, I really think it's based on how, just how busy it is. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you can just walk up. I mean, some, they'll have their tables out. They'll have their mm-hmm. client. They're tattooing them. Sometimes they'll have, you know, a barrier up uh-huh. uh, just for the client privacy, but usually they don't because everyone goes to a convention knowing, right. you know, you're exposed mm-hmm. and you're going to be in public. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually I, depending on the flow, you know, foot traffic and everything, you can just kind of stand there and watch as long as they'll allow it. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, some artists don't really take big enough projects to where mm. you'd have time to even watch them do it. Like they okay. just kind of get the client in tattoo them 20 minutes they're done mm. kind of thing but then okay. there's other artists i i feel like the the more regular artists like on the main circuits mm-hmm. they'll they'll pretty much book their appointment before the convention even happens mm. so the client shows up and they're they'll only work on that one client wow. for the whole weekend wow. so they they do i mean how we would do like a live painting mm-hmm. they're doing they're they're just doing a tattoo for mm. the whole weekend and nice. they have it kind of set up that's to have hard. people stand around and watch. Okay. So it depends on the traffic, depends on, you know, how long the artist wants you to be standing over them or the client wants to be seen. So, yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty interesting environment. Mm. <laughs> it's all case by case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I I always wondered that because it's like you learn by watching, you know. Right. So right. how does that how does that work out in an environment like that? Yeah, and it, you know, and it's weird. There's some there's some artists out there. Uh, it's it's hard to think you know of any names or anything, mm-hmm. but there's some artists out there that are very protective over mm-hmm. tattooing specifically mm-hmm. and the process of tattooing and how okay. it's done. Uh-huh. And so they, I mean, they probably wouldn't even be at the convention at all. For sure, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want people watching because mm. they feel like they're taking knowledge without. Yeah, they, you know, they, they, they feel like it's magic. What they're doing is like yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah, they get really yeah. possessive over it, yeah. and they just get really yeah. like when it's just like like that's not what this is. Like this ain't yeah. nah. Like bro, this any like man, share that shit. Come on, man, fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it's art. It's a, like yeah, you because know, you, it's like you want to protect the secret sauce, and while I get it, that's what makes you you. I, 
you know, for me, I feel like this. I've always been a firm believer of like imitate, not this. I wouldn't say that you, I would ever say imitation is the highest form of flattery, but what I do feel like is if someone wants to take something that I'm, I've done, they can never copy where I'm going. So it's like you, right. can, you can look at my work and you can say, okay, well, James just did this and I'm going to do this, but then like the next shit that I'm doing is so like not what I did last that you can't mm-hmm. like, you, you would have to change based on the last thing and just wait for the next footprint. Yeah. You know, so if you're that, if you're at that level, you're going to keep pushing the craft and they can never catch up. All they can do sure. is, is try to copy where you were at 10 tattoos ago, but yeah. you're always refining stuff. They're never going to get it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, that's a great point. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, you're really trying to work on things mm-hmm. and like build and mm-hmm. grow, yeah. whatever they copy, yeah, it's not really going to be a copy, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah. so they they just need to stop being paranoid about it <laughs> right <laughs> but the, there's the there's the reversal of this Laura and and I mm-hmm. would like to uh I would like to unpack I, I have a friend who this guy's a prominent artist represented by gallery mm-hmm. and he would just like he would sell his stuff for like four figures and up and he did a um an exhibit an exhibit exhibition on um like his entire body of work was just based on him being depressed right and his color palette was all like these muted just like purples and like super like grays like it was all like cool just like depressing per- yeah. like that was all based on what it was so he did that and then there was another artist who like was a guy who would uh, basically he was a guy who would you know what we would call in the graffiti community he was a biter he would basically oh, you know yeah. take people's stuff <laughs> so he took you know this particular artist you know color palette and he it was like hey I'm paying homage and I, I was inspired by this guy's color palette so I'm using this color palette right but the artist who did it first was like hey I was depressed like did, like don't use my shit because I was like mm-hmm. suicidal at this point and this was the lowest I've ever been so for you to take that if you're not feeling like that you know, for you to make a buck off of this, right. it's like, you know, that's it's kind of gross. disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's the reversal of it, you know. Is sure. if, like, if your work is such a part of you that, you know, um, and, and oftentimes with artists it is. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we go through stuff and we put it in our work. So for someone to take that, it could be, hey, I'm flattered, or it could be, you know, ugh. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I think there is a difference in that too because... I mean, I feel like you can tell when someone is, you know, s- literally stealing your idea mm-hmm. for the sake of making a buck off mm-hmm. of it. That's when it's kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. who are you? Where? Like, you didn't put in the work. Mm-hmm. Why are you kind of riding my coattails? You know, so I could, I could, I could definitely see that and relate to that. That's yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's one thing. Like we were saying earlier, you know, study your masters. Yeah, there's a, a, every artist at some point has learned a technique from someone else. Yeah, you They've borrowed things. You've taken all, you know, those elements mm-hmm. and you've put it into your own piece and made it your own. Yeah. Like everybody has, but there is a boundary where you don't just do it to make a quick buck or just to get your name out there or just for the shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one thing if you're kind of giving credit to that person, mm-hmm. but also if that person, like you said, in that case, he's specifically giving you feedback and saying, no, you shouldn't. Cause I was in a dark place. That's mm-hmm. not, that, that isn't the same thing. Yeah. Then I think that other guy should respect that, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. it's, it's a weird the art industry. is just weird. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> also the thing areas. about training, because you were talking about studying your masters is like, mm-hmm. is figuring out like, okay, I've learned all of this stuff from like, from these sources and then transforming that information into your own body of work in your own voice, you know, and then mm-hmm. into the things that you want to paint and finding, you know, whatever you want to create. And I think like for, for a lot of artists, that transition of like, okay, I'm learning. Okay. The training wheels are off. Okay. Now figure it out and make your own shit, you know, and figure out your own direction. Mm-hmm. Um, in this vast sea of just, it's like you're in a boat <laughs> with yeah. nothing but a paddle and that's it. It's you like, know? okay, go. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just so. don't drown. That's it. That's all you have to do is don't drown. Mm-hmm. So, so while we're on the, on the topic, how do you find, how do you stay 
motivated and encouraged to create art through the, the ups and the downs of your, your artistic practice? Uh, it's, it's really hard to say because I, mean, I feel like if I'm ever, you know, really down, mm -hmm. it's kind, that's kind of when I'm making the most. Mm. So I don't, I mean, I, I don't say it, that it's reversed. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way okay. to kind of get through those ups and downs. Right. Like there isn't the way you should or shouldn't or what's normal and what isn't. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like what keeps me going, it's, it just keeps me, or it gets, it gets me out of my head. Mm -hmm. If it's something that gets me out and uh, producing something that I can see or touch or, you know, I feel like I've I've done what I needed to do. Mm. Um, so if I'm feeling down and like not productive, mm -hmm. I kind of have to look back and like, well, what have I been creating? Right. Um, and maybe I just haven't been creating enough. So then mm. I'll do more, you Facts. know. And so, so I, it's it's just a weird thing. And I'll, again, taking a step back, mm -hmm. I'll kind of see like, oh, there's this whole body of work. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a lot of work. How long did that take? That didn't take that long. Mm -hmm. Oh, I must have been going through some shit. Like, <laughs> okay, so that's how that works. And you know, if I if I'm super on top of everything and I feel I feel great about whatever is happening, um, I feel like some of my work kind of gets put on the back burner. I feel like if I'm feeling good, I'm definitely out doing more, just being more social, and just kind of I'll start to like neglect things that I shouldn't be neglecting, mm -hmm. um, and then I'll have to again take a step back get back to it get back in the grind and then I'll kind of feel down like it's it's a weird I don't know my brain is all over the place <laughs> so it's just, it's just a matter of keep keeping trying to keep consistency with things yeah. um, and then when I notice I'm not being consistent that's mm. when I'll kind of analyze mm. okay what was going on there okay why was it that way how can mm -hmm. I keep again keep the consistency mm -hmm. um, yeah because I I've seen a lot of people who, who get really down and then they just don't produce anything mm -hmm. and then it spirals because then they go oh well I haven't been doing anything and it's like mm -hmm. well it's because I'm sad yeah. well, I'm sad because I'm not doing anything mm -hmm. so I'm not going to do anything and it just <laughs> keep, it just keeps you know they have that that battle uh, and that's rough oh man just yeah take a step back you guys hear the woman <laughs> she's telling you so I think that's the, the most important thing I learned you know in art and like just through like art classes was you have to step back because mm. we we've, we've touched on that a lot where you get so in your head everyone is so involved in their own thoughts and their own process and what is this going to do what is that not going to do mm -hmm. uh you have to you have to make that time to step back you know if anything step out of yourself mm -hmm. and really look at it as someone else or call someone up and be like, Hey, look at what I've done. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I need you to like critique this. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're mean about it. I don't like, just be real. Just tell me what's going on mm -hmm. because I can't see it. I've been staring at it for too long. Yeah. So yeah. take a step back, look mm -hmm. at it as a whole and then plan your next move. Got you. So yeah. Laura, do you have any shout outs before we wrap this up? Uh, shout outs. I mean, we can shout out Tayoga Sequoia for that beer because <laughs> mm -hmm. it is delicious. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Faithful and True Tattoo. They've been my tattooing family for the last five and a half, almost six years. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's pretty much what's keeping me going. Work, art, all that good stuff. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, we, we thank you for coming out. So where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet... Uh, of course, through Facebook, it's under it's under my name, Laura May Walker. They made me submit my ID and do all that stuff because they didn't like my internet name. Uh, but anyways, it's She Is The Bee. Same thing with Instagram. It's under all my artwork is under She Is The Bee. And Twitter, same thing. She Is The Bee. That was just kind of a username that has stuck with me. And I think that's it right now. Okay. I'm sure I have some other social media out there that I've forgotten about mm -hmm. but those are the main ones got you yeah okay yeah <laughs> that's cool we'll post the link um to your information in the description uh we appreciate you guys listening you could be anywhere on the internet but you're here with us and we appreciate that catch us again next week same bs time same bs channel once again this is your host with the most james gerald's this is the art and bs podcast the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers, we out of here like Vladimir, James over and out. Peace. <laughs>
And we're back. You guys, yeah, y'all thought, niggas, y'all thought we was gone. We got questions. So hold on. Yeah, okay. So we got the question. The question was, um, what are three, what are the three skills, what are the three most important skills, regardless of styles, to have as a tattoo artist? This is from Brian Vasquez Art. Shout out oh, to Brian hey Vasquez. Brian. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay, so besides skills, uh-huh. okay, so time management and I feel like you hear that in school. Okay. <laughs> Time management is very crucial. Um, patience. Mm. And persistence. I feel like that's kind of vague, but okay. that's real. You need to have all of those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can refine your skills as you go. Okay. I mean, that's the part of learning is you, you piece it all together as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, see, I, you guys, we got so lost in the sauce during the episode, <laughs> I forgot to look at the questions. Appreciate it, Brian, you coming out uh, for the interview on the episode. I think it was 14. And then uh, thanks for the question, bro. So hopefully that answer was uh, sufficient for you. And um, we appreciate all of that. Um, yeah, so once again, this is the Art and BS Podcast bonus segment for the questions. You know, we guys, we don't forget about you. I will come back with the guests to get the question because if we don't get it right the first time, you know, we right back with it. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, if you guys enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. Hit us with the five star on Apple and uh, we'll catch you again next week. Peace.